wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth. Give God praise tonight and for this month, the various wisdom ways that is unfolding unto us. I also want to bless God for the life of his servant for this privilege giving me to share God's word with you tonight. I pray that the grace upon him shall minister to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Throughout this month on the Wednesday teaching service, we are looking at walking in wisdom. Walking in wisdom. And tonight we are doing the part three of this series. We have defined wisdom as knowing what to do from God's word and then doing it. Knowing what to do from God's word and then doing it. In Psalm 19 verses 7. Psalm 19, the verse number 7. The Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Hallelujah. God's word is the principal source of divine wisdom. From this scripture, it says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the mind. God's word has the power to upgrade our mind. God's word has the power to transform our minds. It converts the soul, which is the mind. God's word makes the believer deep. It makes you move into depths. It has the power to turn foolishness into wisdom. And then it also has the power to turn every dummy into a celebrity. God's word contains wisdom capsules. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15, it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So God's word has the ability to make wise. God's word is what fertilizes our mind 
for divine wisdom. You see, the strength of everything is in the source. Anything that comes from God represents God. Anything that comes from God represents God. So whoever receives whatever comes from God receives the God inside that thing. And we know in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 4 that God's nature is in the way. By the promises of God we become partakers of the divine nature of God. So God's nature is in his way. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 17 we are told that God is the only wise God. So if the nature of God is the only wise God, receiving God's word is receiving his nature of wisdom. So anytime you come into contact with the word, you are coming into contact with the nature of God that is wisdom. It's like taking or swallowing in a capsule. When you swallow in a capsule, you take in everything that the capsule contains. So swallowing God's word or receiving God's word is receiving the God that is inside his word and one of his nature is wisdom in Colossians chapter 2 verses 3 Colossians chapter 2 verses 3 the Bible says that talking about Jesus Christ he said in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus Christ is hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we know that Jesus is the word. So, becoming addicted to God's word is receiving the treasure of wisdom that is in God's word. That is why in all generations, most of the wise people have been Bible-believing people. Take away the word of God from the, the world. And there is no civilization. There is no invention. There is no creativity. Because God's word has the power to make wise. There is a man. You talk about all those great people of old. And these were people that were Bible believing people. There is a man called Arjun Litignon. This man dropped out of formal education in, in the second class too. But this man became a believer. And he said, I gave my all to the Bible. It became like my drug. And this man who became a drop, um, who dropped out of school because he didn't like mathematics, was the first man to establish a university in his country. And he sat down to interview all the professors of engineering. That is what the Bible does to the brain. It makes people wise. When you are interacting with the word, 
when you are reading the word it's like when you are reading any book you are interacting with the mind and the thoughts and the intents of the author so when you are interacting with the word when you are reading the word or meditating the word you are interacting with the intents and the thoughts of god so and the bible says that he that walks with the wise is wise so interacting with the most wise god through his word also upgrades your mind to the thinking frequency of god that is why god's word makes people wise and i want to plead with all of us as parents the first most lessons your children should take are bible lessons because bible lessons makes people wise hallelujah one man of god that we know said one of his regrets in life is by taking his child to a secular school where they did not talk about the bible he said this was an intelligent son knew about four international languages at the age of 15 went to a secular university where they did not talk about god and the first semester the guy came and said dad i think there is no god and later this boy committed suicide god's word the atmosphere of god's word is what makes people wise if we want to walk in divine wisdom then let us become addicted to god's word because it upgrades our mind to the frequency and the thinking class of god hallelujah we have said and it is clear from scriptures that the perfect way of walking in wisdom or operating in wisdom is by application or practice of god's word in matthew chapter 7 verses 24 matthew chapter 7 verses 24 jesus said therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them i will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock so the doing of god's word is what makes people wise we have a lot of people who know about god's word but we have few people who are ready to practice god's word reading or hearing god's word is acquisition of knowledge practicing god's word or application is wisdom it is not enough for you to acquire knowledge the process of wisdom begins with hearing the word or reading the word or studying the word but it does not end there it moves on to practicing the word that is wisdom so acquisition of knowledge then you move on to application of the knowledge that is wisdom hallelujah in deuteronomy chapter 4 
Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 Behold I have taught you statutes and judgments even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whether ye go to possess it keep therefore and do them for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people so we are saying that god's word has the power to upgrade our mind into the thinking class of god but between information and transformation the bridge between them is application of god's word god's word information brings transformation of the mind but before that in between them is the practice of the word so discover what god's word is saying and then practice them as you practice them he says this is your wisdom so you operate in divine wisdom by application of god's word hallelujah we have gone through so many ways we can come into contact with wisdom tonight we want to look at one way we come into contact with this divine wisdom we are talking about and one way we contact it is by fastings and prayers we contact divine wisdom or we walk in wisdom through fastings and prayers james said is any among you lacking wisdom let him ask of the lord in jeremiah chapter 33 verses 3 he said call unto me and i will show you mighty and great works that you have no idea of then also in isaiah chapter 58 chapter 58 verses 6 to 8 the bible says is it, is it not this is not this the fast that i have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy heavy burdens and to let your prayers go free and that ye break every yoke is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house when thou seest the naked that thou covered him and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily hallelujah he said through fasting then your light shall break forth one there are two main reasons why divine wisdom or walking in wisdom is by fastings and prayers the first one is that we have defined wisdom as the unfolding of god's secret it is about the revelation of god's word it is about insights from god's word and then practicing them and one way we come into contact with revelations one way we come into contact with striking insights 
and then mysteries is through prayers and then fastings. He said, then shall your light break forth. So, fasting shouldn't be like a form of punishment. Fasting conditions us to a place where we assess mysteries from God's word. What fasting does in the life of the believer is that it fine-tunes your spirit to be able to catch mysteries from God's word. Then shall your light break forth. So on the altar of prayers and fastings, you don't see this Bible as a storybook. But you are able to assess revelations, mysteries, and striking insights from this word. So on the platform of fastings, we find tune our spirit for the release of mysteries in God's word. Not only that, because we have said that wisdom is not only acquisition of knowledge, it is also about the practice of what we have received in God's word. What fasting does is not only to reveal, but on the platform of fastings and prayers, we receive divine grace to be able to practice what God has revealed to us in his word. In Hebrews chapter 4 verses 16, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can accomplish it in the energy of the flesh. There are so many things that you know that you are finding it too difficult to practice them. On the altar of fastings and prayers, we receive grace to be able to walk in the things that we have received from God. Divine grace is simply divine enablement. It is about divine empowerment. So on the altar of fastings and prayers, you receive divine capacity and enablement to be able to walk in the mysteries that you have assessed in God's word. He told Zerubbabel, God showed Zerubbabel a vision. And he said, you have received this vision, but it is not by mind, it is not by power, but it is by the spirit of the living God. So, fasting is synonymous to walking in wisdom. Anytime we are fasting, you make lean your body. And fasting and make your spirit man weightier. So that the things that we have received in God's word, we can walk in them. So, on the platform of fastings, we receive mysteries. And then we also receive divine grace and then enablement to be able to practice God's word. Wisdom carries products or virtues. And last week we heard that God's wisdom has the ability to bring peace in our marriage. Tonight one of the products of wisdom that when we walk into, we come into contact with is financial prosperity. 
Walking in wisdom grants us financial fortunes. Wisdom is synonymous to riches. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 16. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 16. Talking about wisdom. He said, Land of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor in her left hand riches and honor so god's wisdom divine wisdom makes people rich also in proverbs chapter 8 verses 18 and then 21 Verses 8, he says, talking about riches. He said, riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. And then he moves on to 21. He said, that I may cause those that love me, that love wisdom, to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. Hallelujah. So wisdom, walking in wisdom brings us to a point of walking in financial fortunes. Every wise person operating in godly wisdom is supposed to walk in financial prosperity. So one of the products of wisdom is financial prosperity. In Job chapter 29, Job chapter 29, verses 4 to 18. Talking about the life of Job. The Bible said that when the secrets of God was with Job, Job walked in prosperity that he became the greatest in the most civilized part of the world. So, walking in wisdom brings us to a point of financial fortunes. Tonight, we want to look at some practical ways, wisdom ways, that will enable us to walk in financial fortunes. Because, even though God's word is constant, the believer is supposed to walk in divine wisdom. There are certain practices that if we don't walk in them, there is no way we can walk in financial fortunes. In mathematics, we call something variable constant. The thing is a constant, but it can vary. Like uh, biology people, how many teeth do we have? 36 or 32? 32, yes. It is constant that everybody's teeth must be 32. But it varies. There are some people with 30. Sito, there are people... So it's supposed to be constant, but it varies. That is the way God's word is. You are supposed to walk in financial fortunes as a child of God. But there are practices and responsibilities we must key ourselves into before we can walk into those financial fortunes. So briefly, we want to look at some of the practices that enables us to walk in financial fortunes. 
and one practice is distribution or liberality giving is the gateway to financial prosperity Proverbs chapter 11 verses 24 to 25 Proverbs 11 24 25 There is that there is that scattered and yet increased and there is that withholded more than is meat but it tended to poverty There is the one who gives and yet that person increases. And there is the one that withholds. Yet that person tends to poverty. If you are not a giver today, you end up as a beggar tomorrow. No matter how much you pray. Because the covenant of prosperity does not answer to your prayers. It answers to your giving. So what you keep from these scriptures is what makes you dry financially. What you give is what multiplies in your hands. Those who are givers today will still forever remain givers tomorrow. Those who are keepers today will still be looking for more to keep tomorrow. That is what this scripture is saying. Dr. Bill Winston said in giving, your hand is supposed to be like this. He said, when you always do like this, you are keeping, you are keeping. You do like this for a long time, you begin to feel heat in your palm. So he said, when you are not giving and you are always keeping, you begin to feel financial heat. If you don't want to feel financial heat, have a program for giving. Because giving is living. Keeping is dying. We saw that in the life of that woman. He told, she told Elijah, The only thing we have left, I have left with my son, for us to eat and die. Then Elijah said, I have come with good news. Give so that you and your son may live. So your giving is what makes you, makes you financially buoyant. Your keeping makes you financially empty. Don't tie your destiny to gift. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The ultimate purpose for financial prosperity is for you to be a blessing. For you to be a blessing in God's kingdom, for you to be a blessing to humanity. If you are not achieving this purpose, God cannot entrust kingdom prosperity into your hands. There are so many people who are always thinking about themselves. Always think about how, what you can bless other people with. 
That is what makes you financially buoyant. Your financial destiny is not a function of what you receive. It's a function of what you distribute. That is not to say we shouldn't keep or invest. Because I've realized that there are three things you do with money. There is the portion you eat. There is the portion you keep. And there is the portion you give. And it is your giving that secures what you invest or you keep. So giving is security to our investment. He said, if you don't tithe, I will send the devourer to, re- to devour what you have kept. So it is your giving that secures what you have kept or invested. God makes you rich so that you can be richable. There are so many people who are rich who cannot be rich by men. If you are rich and you are not reachable to bless humanity and God's kingdom, very soon you will also become poor. So be a distributor. That is the wisdom practice of walking in kingdom prosperity. In Proverbs, let's do some scriptures. Proverbs 22 verse 9. Proverbs 22 verse 9. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed. For he giveth of his bread to the poor. 28 verse 7. Proverbs 28 verse 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. So giving is the cure to all forms of lack. But he that hideth his eyes shall have many a case. Hallelujah. Then we know in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 Give it shall be given unto you pressing down, shaking together. Then in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 1 to 5 He said, Cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that gathereth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with a child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So your giving, how it will come, you knoweth not all. Never say that look at the wind to give that I will not sow. Don't say that I don't have to give. Whatever you have, plan what you will give. If you have a business, a company on your own, have a plan to bless the poor. Have a plan to bless humanity. Have a plan to bless the kingdom of God. That 
is the key, wisdom key to financial prosperity. Hallelujah. So in distribution, in, in our giving, what happens is that we come into contact with financial fortunes. Hallelujah. Another wisdom practice of financial fortune is financial integrity or faithfulness. Financial integrity or faithfulness. To keep the finances of God flowing in your hands. Keep your hands clean. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 11. Jeremiah 17 verses 11 said, As the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days, and at his end he shall be a fool. Hallelujah. Financial integrity is the gateway to financial prosperity. God entrusts kingdom riches in the hands of those he can trust. God's prosperity way is not one crooked means of getting money. If you are crooked in your dealings as far as money is concerned. You will forever remain poor. He that maketh riches by not right means shall become poor. At the end he shall be a fool. One reason why so many believers in church today are poor is because of financial unfaithfulness. Financial iniquity begats financial scarcity. If you are making money by means of crooked ways, you cannot prosper in God's way. One scripture said, I think, is it Proverbs 19.22 or something? He said that he that telleth a lie is worse than a poor man. If you are cheating and telling lies to make money. He said you are worse than a poor man. If you want to walk in financial fortunes, let your hands be clean. People no longer see bribe as bribe anymore. Even in church. They give it a nice name, motivation, facilitation. <laughs> appreciation hallelujah one one time uh, my brother told me that he said in Accra at that time he wasn't driving so he picked the taxi and I think the taxi driver the red the, the traffic light uh, it was red and then he, he moved 
So as soon as he moved, the policeman stopped, pack, pack. And then he said, you know, you have defaulted. He said, yes, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. He said, hey, you won't do that again. Give something. He said, it was early in the morning. He said, I don't have anything. Then Daniel said, the guy, the driver had bought Kalawili. He said, you have just started work. What is in your, in your car? He said, Kalawili. He said, bring that one. <laughs> People are no longer to, they are no longer afraid to collect bribe. One man, those times that they have not introduced this allowance, one of our teachers, my head of department was processing his allowance fee, car maintenance allowance. He has sent that thing about seven months, so that thing wasn't coming, he went to Accra. Then this man said the man working on, he, when he went, he was reading a Bible. And then he has put his legs under his table on all the files. He has put the files under his table and put his legs there. Reading Bible. And then he told, what's your problem? I've been processing this for a long time. So, so what did you come with? And he said he put an envelope there. So, uh, two years ago, that was, he said he put 70 cities in the envelope. The man asked him, the allowance that you will take, <laughs> the money that will come, this thing can't do anything. So add 30 cities, make it 100. You're in a flat preco. Somebody reading the Bible, he took the money, bribe. That same month, the thing came. So it means if he had not paid bribe, the thing wouldn't have come. You see, the problem I see with Africa, the poverty at the root, is financial, lack of financial integrity. Something people are paid to do. Those people, the man was reading a Bible, it means he's a Christian or he goes to church. Those people who are taking, are soiling their hands, are people in church. Some of them are preachers. Some of them are leaders. And they don't feel ashamed to take bribe anymore. If we don't want our destinies to crash and to be corrupted, let's keep our hands clean. Let's keep our hands clean. You are too honorable to let any small money destroy your financial destiny. The kind of financial prosperity God has for you that you be a blessing to nations you don't belittle yourself by touching what is not yours because in Job chapter 15 verses 34 he says fire shall consume the tabernacle of briberies so those who collect bribes Fire consumes them, including their financial destinies. In Zechariah chapter 5, verses four, uh, 3 to 4, he said, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the thief. And we know in Proverbs chapter 10, verses 22, that it is the blessings of the Lord that makes rich and then it has no sorrow to it. The opposite of blessing is curse. So when you take the opposite of that scripture, it means 
It is the curse of the Lord that makes a man poor and adds sorrows to it. So stealing brings you to a point of incurring God's curse that makes you poor. It is not about the quantum, one CD, hundred CD. It is the act. And I want to recommend, I think in July last year, during the week of uh, emphasis, God's servant preached a message on the causes of uh, the, the root causes of poverty and their cure. Get that message if you don't have it. If you have it, listen to it. And you will see how dangerous it is for you to soil your hands or dirty your hands in financial dealings. <laughs> Papa said, if you play their game, you end up in their graves. If you play the game of the world, you end up in their graves. If you don't want to end up in the track of the devil, don't travel their path. Being crooked in your ways is what makes your finances crooked. Hallelujah. So let's avoid dirty dealings. That is the gateway. Because of time, we have some of the scriptures there. When we go, let's have time and then go over them. Another wisdom practice for financial prosperity is prudence. Avoidance of waste. Wise management of financial resources. Wise management of financial resources that comes into our hands. Proverbs chapter 18 verses 9. He said, He that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. We know that he that is slothful becomes poor. So what the Bible is saying is that the one who is a waster doesn't know how to manage the resources that God brings into his hands. No matter the amount that he gives, no matter how clean his hands are, will also tend to, po to be poor. Wise management of resources is the gateway to financial prosperity. Me, anytime I'm buying anything, I think of function before fashion. Hallelujah. Some people want class. It should be purpose before class. I remember when we were in Kumasi those days, God servant, and then the boys were working with him. When we are buying shoe, <laughs> we buy the one we call Shukambu. <laughs> God servant has one, Shukambu. You know, it serves two purposes. You can put suit on it. And at the same time, put jeans on it. So it matches with any kind of dress. Shukambu. You can wash it. You can sign it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is, it is function before fashion. Purpose before class. How so many people are throwing money away in the name of fashion? You will tend to poverty. If you are not prudent in your management, 
I entered into when I visited my, my, my brother in Accra one of the friends who were living with in, in Kumase I entered into his place and I said are you daft you are renting a single room and you have parked two cars in front of a rented apartment ah when they ask you to move right now will you sleep inside car you don't have a land you are buying cars in front of a rented apartment when they ask you to go will you put your fridge inside car your television inside car you borrow plasma plasma 32 mil ah abba be wise in your management uh, purpose before class don't live above your level people think that money is for spending no the fact that it is there doesn't mean it should be spent it is wise money when you see the life of the prodigal son at the root of his problem is wastage some of us you have three phones each of them two sims you are buying credit every day take your time take your time and calculate the amount you buy for on, on credit and you know that the one prophet is telling you there are holes in your pocket you are the demon hallelujah putting holes in your own pocket let's learn how to manage wisely me i don't know how to bargain so if i'm buying anything that is of huge amount wisdom demands that i go to my father every major thing i've bought he bargained for me and i had it at a least cost my land our land that god gave to us our car all of them he bargained and we had it at a the man selling the price said but for pastor but for pastor somebody bought hers the same person we went to the same man think 50 million but for pastor i had it 30 million 20 million cut down that is wise management if you are not restricted to and put limits on yourself discipline financial you tend to poverty so many of us are wasting a lot of things in our homes you cook and you waste a lot of things you are throwing food in the dustbin go to niger the way people are suffering you see how important food is hallelujah so wise management wise man if there is among other things i've learned from god's servant it is wise management you see, when we talk about wise management, people begin to think, there is a difference between wise management and becoming a miser. Wise management is wise use of resources. But the miser is the one who has, but doesn't want to buy. Even if he has a need, he doesn't want to give. So managing wisely doesn't mean you are a miser. No hallelujah so let us manage our finances well in proverbs 21 verse 20 it says that there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise but the foolish man spended it all hallelujah don't spend it all i said there is one to eat 
there is one to keep. The keeping, there is, God's servant said, you monitor, you manage, and you multiply. That is the three M's of money. And there is the one also to give. So many people don't have budget for our lives. You take your salary, peppermint here, donut there, cocoa, whatever. Get a plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and lastly, one practical way, wisdom application for working in financial prosperity is spirituality. Spirituality. It is your spirituality that defines the limit of material abundance in your life. The pathway to financial prosperity is spirituality. In Job chapter 36 verses 11. Job chapter 36. Let's take note of the scriptures. Job chapter 36 verses 11. Let not... If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. Then I was also want us to go to Psalm 1, 1 2, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 1, 1 2, verses 1 to 3. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Hallelujah. And then lastly in Job chapter 22 verses 21 to 25. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray, thee the Lord from his mouth, and lay up his words in thy heart. If thou returnest to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far away from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and the gold of offer as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver spirituality is the gateway to true riches spirituality is what makes you materially buoyant in the first church it was a highly spiritual church a church of the word a, a church of prayer a church of holiness righteousness and the Bible said that none of them was lacking amongst them. They were so spiritual to the point that there were no lack amongst them anymore. Spirituality is what cures lack. 
In the first place, lack came in the life of man as a result of man losing his spirituality. When man was spiritual in the garden of Eden, he had everything, he has access to everything. Very rich. But when he lost his spirituality, God took him away from the riches, the garden, into the wilderness where the Bible said he became naked. Spirituality, where the anchor or the proof of it is your righteous life and your addiction to God's word. How serious do you approach God and his word? How serious do you approach God? That is the key to riches. Fearing God, walking in holiness. There are people who are giving. There are people who are wise managers. There are people who hands are clean, but very carnal. You can't walk in kingdom prosperity. So the key to kingdom prosperity is walking in spirituality. Let our lives be on course. Let sin depart out of our way. And by so doing, walking in these practices, we walk in financial prosperity. I pray that God will give us the grace to be able to walk in these practices. I want to say this in conclusion. On the giving, the best ground for you to sow is God. So never miss your titan. Hallelujah. We have talked about the various forms of giving. So let them be intact. Giving, integrity financially, wise management, and then spirituality. Shall we please be on our feet? We hope you have been blessed by the word. We would love to have you worship with us at Conquest Global Ministries, located at British Sailor Society, Takrade, near the Harbour Gate. Or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed.